Welcome to the IonaHoops.com podcast with your host, Guy Flotico. It's episode 29 of the IonaHoops.com podcast. And the more things change, the more they stay the same. The name on the bench may have changed from Clueless to Patino, but here we are again on the brink of another MAC tournament championship and another NCAA tournament berth after tonight's semifinal victory over Niagara. Jeez, we're spoiled people here, aren't we? Um, anyway, let's review this triumph before we look ahead to tomorrow afternoon's MAC final against the Fairfield Stags. I, I bet Fairfield didn't think they'd be wearing their white jerseys at any point this week. The cliche, a tale of two halves, is often thrown around, as we know. Um, tonight, the Gales ran all over the Purple Eagles in the first half and route uh, to a 43-25 halftime lead and even st- and even stretched the margin to 24 early in the second half. Uh, um, but fouls mounted, turnovers mounted, mental errors mounted, shooting woes mounted, and Niagara's energy flowed through their roster. The Eagles chipped away and chipped away and chipped away and got it all the way down to three, but would get no closer as the Gales hung on, and I do mean hung on, for a 70-64 to victory. So the Iron defense was stellar in the first half, much like we saw in the earlier round wins. Uh, there was more struggles in the second half, but overall for the game, Niagara uh, only shot 36% from the field. Um, can't complain with that number. Um, Iona did... Uh, did foul a lot more today, and I think that's the nature of the way the game was going. And the purpose did make them pay to some degree, hitting 19 of 26 from the line. Um, one thing Iona did do very well is rebound uh, with a 39-26 edge on the glass. The Iona offense, after just a ridiculous shooting in the first half, uh, which enabled them to build that big lead, just kind of fell apart in the second half. Um, the Gales struggled with Niagara's press. Um, Isaiah Ross had his worst day as a Gale, I think, with just four points and he had eight turnovers. Um, several Gales did their part to pick up the slack, led by Asante Gist. He had 19 points, five assists, before fouling out. More on that in a second. Um, Nelly Jr. Joseph had 13-9. Dylan Van Eyck had 14-5 before he fouled out. Um, but Iona managed to survive, despite having no field goals in the game's final 9.30 or so. Um, a drought reminiscent of what Siena just went through a couple days back. Iona did get to the line a few times during there, during that stretch, but no field goals for nine and a half minutes or so. Um, so I mentioned the fouling out, and Iona went small when these guys fouled out. Um, Myers uh, came in initially um, uh, when Van Eyck left with his with his fouls, and, uh, and Talik Chavez was in for, for Gist when Gist fouled out. Um, you know, I thought I would go a little bit bigger and go Caroma, but Patino's Hall of Famer, and I'm a podcaster for a reason. <laughs> uh, and on a loose ball, uh, Talik Chavez got uh, fouled and did exactly what was expected of him, really, making two free throws uh, to help seal the win. You know, no problem. Just you haven't played much all year, but just go out there and seal the game for us, will you? Um, so this isn't one for the time capsule, for sure, but I'll throw another cliche at you. Tomorrow, ter- tournament play is about uh, surviving and advancing, as we know. And I only did just that and has now reached the MAC tournament finals for the eighth straight year, which is just ridiculous. Uh, Coach Patino talked about what happened in the second half during the post game press conference. The whole halftime, I just told him, I said, the toughest thing in basketball, pro or college, is to play with a lead. The other team is really upset. 
the defense picks up, the offense picks up. And if you don't have the killer instinct, then they're going to come back in the game. And that's exactly what happened. If you want to know the truth, I'm happy it ended this way. Because whatever final game, St. Peter's or Fairfield, either team would have blown us out if we would have won this game by 20 points. So I'm really happy about it. Uh, you know, there's 12 new players on this basketball team, and they really don't know what it is to play in a game like that. And it, it, everything is a lesson, a lesson to learn. So we, we learned some valuable lessons, and I'm hoping it'll help us in the finals. And now let's preview tomorrow's MAC championship game against the other Cinderella, at least in terms of seed. The seventh seeded Fairfield Stags. Over this choppy, COVID-riddled MAC season, there have been two teams in the league that clearly improved from where they were in December, the Iona Gales and the Fairfield Stags. So it's kind of fitting that they're going to be in the finals together. You remember way back before the holidays when the Gales scorched the Stags at Alumni Hall, only to be toasted the very next night by those same Stags? Well, both Iona and Fairfield endured uneven play throughout the season, Iona due to all the COVID pauses, Fairful due to a whole lot of new parts trying to figure out their roles in Jay Young's system. You know, back then, how many stags did you even know, know by name? Uh, Jesus Cruz, I think we all knew. Maybe Taj Benning, if you're you know enough of a Mac diehard, but you would know that. Did anybody even know who Jake Wojcik was? Uh, you know, we, we got to early January, and Sienna had just won two at Fairfield, and I think most of us had the stags as the worst team in the league. But then they go out and they pretty much, they split with everybody the whole rest of the way. And that includes some of the higher regarded teams, such as St. Peter's, Marist, and Canisius. Um, and they get here with, you know, they get here and win a, a flip of the coin rock fight against Manhattan in the pig round. So we all just assumed, well, you know, whatever, they'll just be cannon fodder for the higher-seeded higher Monmouth Hawks. And instead they play this great defensive game and blow out Monmouth. Um, amazing. Uh, you know, it's Mac. It's the Mac. It really is. Um, now, we all knew their semifinal against St. Peter's was going to be yet another rock fight, which has been kind of a Mac theme all season, really. Um, but did you think it would be Fairfield making the key plays to seal the win and not the Peacocks? I mean, Fairfield pushed ahead, and you just kind of were waiting for St. Peter's to make a run, and they did. And then, you, you know, we've seen St. Peter's do this before. Then they, we thought, we'd well, yeah, they'll just take over the game at the very end and they'll win we they you know that's something that they did a lot last year but they weren't as effective as this year um and you know that may be you know I, who knows why that happened i mean a lot of the players are the same but for whatever reason st peter's was not as solid in close games as they were a year ago and i think their perception of what they were dropped and then here again they make a surge to get very close to fairfield and it's fairfield making the plays to seal the win anyway here we are and it's the Fairfield Stags taking on the Iona Gales with a championship on the line. Here's Fairfield coach Jay Young on the Gales. Yeah, we're, you know, we're, we're going to have to win the individual battles, but we always do it by a, by a team. Um, we're going to have to make those guys, you know, work for their points. And we'll get back to the uh, room tonight. We'll start hammering some film. We'll get up. We'll go through some stuff and we'll be prepared to play against, uh, obviously, a very talented and well-coached Iona team. So given that it's finals time, 
I'll, I'm going to add a new wrinkle to this preview. Give you my three keys to the game for the gals to cut down the nets when it's over. Number one, keep up the D. Uh, that's, no, that's not a hashtag Mac after dark thing. Um, anyway, Iona absolutely suffocated Quinnipiac in the play-in game and shut down the Saints in the quarterfinals, giving up an average of 50 points per game in those two meetings. Uh, the defense was there again today, uh, against Niagara today in the first half. And though the defense struggled more in the second half, the perp still, again, like I said, they only shot 36% for the game. Um, they only, you know, they didn't get out of the 60s, so it's not like they had a great you know, productive offensive game today against Iona. Uh, and they definitely have the types of players that make you work on that end of the, of the floor for sure. Um, but anyway, the Iona defense was able to hold up down the stretch when it needed to. It made plays late to make sure the win was sealed. That's, that's what you need your defense to do and to be truly great. Um, make no mistake, these are not the Tim Clues gals who always advance by just knocking down 17 threes or whatever and just running you out of the building. I mean, this is a team that even with limited practice time and game, game experience, going back to the two, and, you know, going back to the two Monmouth games is really when it started, has found its niche on the defensive end of the floor. Now, Fairfield has played solid offensively in this tournament, no question. But Iona needs to once again use its size, athleticism, and instincts on that end of the floor to just go out and take care of business on that end one more time. Um, there's no reason to expect Fairfield to come in and and put up any more than what Niagara did today, for that matter, and maybe even less. Number two, um, I would say that what you would call this one would be. You know, just take again. It's taking care of business on the other side of the ball. Although the Stags have tightened things up on on the defensive end in the tournament, particularly against Monmouth, we saw it. Fairfield came to Atlantic City with one of the uh, lowest-rated defenses, not only in the MAC but in the country. So they entered their tournament being just a hideous defensive team. Um, the Stags are, are not overly, you know, big inside, so the Gales should win the battle of the glass. It should be able to get some points in the paint. If Iona can just keep up an offensive flow and get everyone involved, they should be able to score sufficient points in this one, especially if we get the defense that we've been playing. And number three, it's time to let the stars shine. It's the MAC tournament, and we're seeing all these all these stars not performing and their teams going home. And even when they survive, like Iona did today, I mean, Iona Ross uh, Ross had like the you know one of his worst games. Um, so it's, but it's time. It's, it's, it's the spotlights on Mac finals. Let the stars shine. The Iona Gales are on the, as a whole are on the way to becoming a great, a very good team. Uh, but with the title on the line tonight, you have to go to the money guys. Uh, Ross should be highly, highly motivated to put the Niagara game in his rearview mirror. And Iona needs to get him going early as he's really yet to have a breakout game in this tournament in three games now. Um, as I noted, the Stags lack a defensive stopper inside, so the Gales need to get Nelly involved so that Iona's not over-reliant on perimeter play. Um, and if Fairfield totally commits to denying threes, and then you need to see Asante guess he has to be the guy that breaks them down on the perimeter and disrupts their defensive integrity. Um, so good valued ball movement, letting those three stars shine, and the occasional three from Bergeron Louis or a nifty pass from Dylan Van Eyck should be enough to get the necessary production tomorrow night. If Iona could pull off some semblance of success regarding those three keys, I have no doubt that Selection Sunday will again be must-see TV in Nerechelle. 
So, of course, we're all excited for tomorrow's final. But before we start to wrap up this episode of the podcast, we should touch upon the conclusion of the Iona women's season as the Lady Gals fell to St. Peter's in the quarterfinals uh, back on Thursday. Um, like the men, the Iona women, of course, missed a ton of games and practices all season long. Uh, they had a bunch of pauses, all that. And the season just just didn't ever get going for them, even though they certainly seem to have ability and they proved that they can play with the upper echelon teams in the league. It, it just it just never really got going because of all, all the COVID stops and they could never really muster it, uh, even coming into the tournament, um, to the frustrations of Coach Billy Chambers. An incredibly challenging year. <laughs> um, obviously not the way we wanted to finish out the season. Uh, St. Peter's was absolutely incredible on the boards and made us play their game the entire time. Um, so very, very disappointed in the way that we ended it. Uh, but I'm really proud of our kids despite all of the challenges, all of the shutdowns for just continuing to fight, to make, continuing to come back out of every single quarantine and wanting to get back on the floor and play. So uh, tough way to end it, but we'll get back to work and then we'll come back ready next year. So that's going to do it for this episode of the podcast. The Gales need one more victory and we'll bring you one more episode from Atlantic City after the title game. The drive for five is alive and that ain't no jive. God, that was awful. I can't be any whiter. Good luck, Gales. See you all tomorrow. Thank you for listening to this edition of the IonaHoops.com podcast. This podcast is a production of IonaHoops.com and its publisher Guy Filatico. The opinions shared during this podcast are those of Guy Filatico, IonaHoops.com, and any feature guests. This podcast is not affiliated with Iona College Athletics or the college itself. Thank you for supporting IonaHoops.com.